064. Exposition. The familiar ring of Rain's alarm coaxed him from sleep. He dismissed it and sat up, his cloak sliding down to rest in his lap. The bed of leaves he was lying on crinkled as he moved. He and Jameis had spent the night in the hut, at the insistence of Amelia and Tallheart. Rain had only relented because both of them said that they had plenty of cold resistance. He still wasn't happy about it. It wasn't like they didn't feel the cold. From what they said, it was just less intense and wouldn't do any damage. It still must have sucked to spend the night outside, especially since it had started snowing again. Jameis groaned unhappily. Ow, my back, he said as he sat up. Rain smiled. Good morning, Jameis. Yeah, we need to start working on Tallheart's house so we can get some proper beds out here. All the sleeping on the ground isn't doing it for me. Jameis stood and stretched. I'm getting too old for this. I have a proper goose feather mattress back in the city and a servant to keep the fire going at night. If not for the fact that I'd go insane from boredom, I could just retire, you know. Wait, you have a servant? Jameis grabbed his hat and shook it to remove the leaves that had crept in overnight. More like a housekeeper. Who do you think takes care of the place when I'm out fighting monsters and searching for treasure? I hired him about a year back. Lots of adventurers do that. Oh, I hadn't considered that. Do you, like, pay him, or... Of course I pay him. He gets to live at my house for free, too. It's a pretty good deal overall. Don't you have servants where you come from? Oh, wait, you weren't an adventurer before. Could you not afford one? Huh. I guess I need to get used to the fact that adventurers are rich in comparison to normal people. Well, they're middle class at least. Servants always struck me as a nobles only kind of thing. But now that I think about it, it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure I like the idea, but hey. He shook his head. No, my world doesn't have servants. At least not for normal people. Not anymore. Odd. Jameis said. Well, I'm going to make breakfast. I think I'll try my hand at making those fried potatoes of yours. I think I can do better. No offense, but they came out a bit hard in the middle. They were good, but... Yeah, yeah, I know. Getting the temperature right is a lot harder than I thought. Fries aren't for breakfast, though. Try shredding the potatoes and making them into little patties, then frying those in a pan. Those are called hash browns, and they are amazing. Sounds good to me, Jameis said. Are you coming? Rain sighed and got up, grabbing his cloak and sweeping it around his shoulders. Yeah, might as well. I want to review my skills and stuff before we go see Stavo. But I might as well get some sun. You're not going to get much sun unless you take that helmet off. I still can't believe you can sleep like that. Hey, things haven't exactly been going well for my skull lately. I'm not taking this thing off if I don't have to. It's comfortable enough. Tallheart is some kind of wizard when it comes to metal. Suit yourself, Jameis said, walking out into the morning light. Rain followed him. The others were already awake. Amelia was working on getting a fire going, and Tallheart was seated nearby, looking half asleep. He'd stayed up late yesterday working on his new crucible. Test subject acquired. Once Jameis is done with breakfast, I'll introduce the sleepy smith to the wonder that is coffee. I just wish I had enough for everyone. Maybe if we use very small cups... He greeted the others, then used Immolate to warm up the clearing and melt the snow before freshening things up with a blast of Purify. He sat himself down on a log near the fire 
while Janus explained the kind of pan he wanted to Tallhard. Amelia left to go get water from the river. It looked like he'd have some time while the others were busy. So he dug in to review his status in detail. Training overview. General experience earned. Health use, 23. Stamina use, 36. Mana use, 10,131. Skill experience earned. Mana manipulation, 1,284. Rank up. Attributes. Richmond Rain Stroudwater. Level 18. Experience, 17,939 out of 22,750. Dynamo. Health, 200. Stamina, 200. Mana, 5,100. Strength, 10. Recovery, 10. Endurance, 10. Vigor, 10. Focus, 10. Clarity, 200. Free stat points, 0. Oops. I didn't use enough mana to make up for the skill trees I unlocked this time round. I can actually see my stamina usage for once, without the mana use swamping it. I got the last tier 3 and 5 tier 2s, so that should have been 15k experience. I used way more mana than that, but it was mostly charging the armor, so it didn't get me much experience. Damn mana manipulation. Oh well. Now that I've got tier 3 on all of the trees I'm interested in, it doesn't matter. I'll probably keep unlocking tier 2s. No reason not to. As for the armor, how am I doing? Dark Revenant's armor. Abound. Durability, 5,321 out of 1,309. Hardness, 207. Material, dark steel. Mana conversion, 99.9%. Mana saturation, 0 out of 13,202 MP. Mana dissipation, 92 MP per second. Mana Capacitance Room, 0 out of 14,209 MP. Import Efficiency, 1%. Export Efficiency, 0%. Enhanced Durability Rune, inactive, plus 12,029 durability, 20 MP per day. Enhanced Hardness Rune, inactive, plus 597 hardness, 25 MP per day. Enhanced Dark Resistance Rune, inactive, plus 50 Dark Resistance, 20 MP per day. Dark Regeneration Rune, inactive, plus 1 durability per second, 0 MP per second. 1,284 mana should have gone in, less 40 or so for the enchantment upkeep. Divide by 0.8 gets me 1,555 durability. It shows 5,321 and was at 4,101 yesterday morning. Lavaro's spell must have done some damage to the metal. A little over 300. I'd be paced if not for the armor, though she probably wouldn't have pushed as hard on me if I wasn't wearing it. I don't think she actually wanted to kill us. Anyway, I should charge this sucker up again. Dark Revenant's armor, bound. Durability, 5,321 out of 13,338, 1,309. Hardness, 804, 207. Material, dark steel. Mana conversion, 99.9%. Mana saturation, 0 out of 13,202 MP. Mana dissipation, 92 MP per second. Mana capacitance rune. 40 out of 14,209 MP. Import efficiency, 1%. Export efficiency, 0%. Enhanced durability rune, active. Plus 12,029 durability, 20 MP per day. Enhanced hardness rune, active. Plus 597 hardness, 25 MP per day. Enhanced dark resistance rune, active plus 50 dark resistance, 20 MP per day. Dark regeneration rune, inactive, plus 1 durability per second, 0.8 MP per second. There we go. I'm getting there, slowly but surely. Tallheart said he sacrificed the efficiency 
so he could get a large reservoir without messing up the mana conversion rate of the dark steel. Makes sense, I guess. But damn if this thing isn't a pain to charge. I wonder how Carten manages. He can't have that much mana. Maybe his armor has like 50% efficiency or something. What would that do to the metal? It's got to be weaker against magic because of it. I remember him howling when Jameis hit him with that lightning ball. Just before he went over the... Anyway. It either has better efficiency, or it's the other kind of enchantment. The one with just a reservoir and no capacitance rune. If that's the case though, how did Tallheart repair it for him after Amelia broke it? It doesn't have self-repair for that matter. So if it's got a durability rune, how could you even fix that? Hit it with a hammer until it's better? Just add tell? Artel mana? Damn it. I need to finish looking at my status before I drift off again. Moving on. There shouldn't be any changes to my vitals, but I'll open it up anyway. I might want it for later. Statistics. Health total 200. Base 200. Modifier 0, 100%. Health regen total 100 per day. Base 100 per day. Modifier 0 per day, 100%. Stamina total 200. Base 200. Modifier 0, 100%. Stamina regen total 100 per day. Base 100 per day. Modifier 0 per day, 100%. Mana total 5100. Base 5100. Modifier 0, 100%. Mana regen total 1.67 per second. Base, 0.21 per second. Modifier, minus 0.05 per second. 820%. Movement speed, 10. Perception, 20. Resistances, heat, 1, 0%. Cold, 1, 0%. Light, 1, 0%. Dark, 51, 0%. Force, 1, 0%. Arcane, 1, 0%. Mental, 1, 0%. Chemical, 1, 0%. Yep. Nothing new there. Now to buckle down and think about skills. I've got one free skill point, and I want to make sure I know what I want before I talk to Stavo. Gotta get my story straight. I'm level 18, and the next class selection is at 25. Thus, I have seven more points to play with. Plus, the one I have now. That's eight points. Unless the class selection has to happen before I get the one at 25. I don't think that's likely, but I'll ask. Level 5 didn't work like that, but messing it up by one point would be horrible. I need five points in each of my five trees, if I want a legendary upgrade. I won't settle for anything less. Let's do this one tree at a time. Offensive Auras, Tier 0, Refrigerate 10 out of 10, Immolate 10 out of 10, Tier 1, Sheer, 0 out of 10, plus. Shroud, 0 out of 10, plus. Radiance, 0 out of 10, plus. Tier 2, Corrosion, 0 out of 10. Fulmination, 0 out of 10. Tier 3, Discombobulate, 0 out of 10. 13 to 15 mental focus damage per second to entities, not occluded by mundane materials. Sufficient damage causes hallucinations. Damage applies to mana instead of health. Range 1.8 meters. Cost 5 MP per second. Requires 50 ranks in offensive auras. Tier 4. Locked. Sheer. I want. Going through walls is a huge plus. And I could even take it now. The issue is the environmental damage. I'm visualizing a gigantic blender with me at the center. I need something I can use without mulching the city. Discombobulate looks like it fits the bill. Talk about a nasty skill. Against warriors and stuff with low mana, it would be devastating. I felt under mana, and I'm absolutely sure that it would take them out of the fight almost immediately. I need to be careful once I get it, though. Jameis said too much under mana can cause brain damage or even death. It's hardly a non-lethal option. No environmental damage, though. So it is absolutely on the list. Too bad I can't take it because of the requirement. Shroud and Radiance also don't damage the environment. At least not directly. 
I've got no way of knowing how strong the lightning and darkening effects are. I can't see darkness causing mage burn, but light totally could. Fulmination and corrosion aren't options until I meet the prereqs. So they're off the table for the moment. I need three more skills in this tree. So I'm thinking shroud first, then shear, then corrosion. That's tier two, so it beats radiance. Even if they look the same in terms of numbers, chemical damage just sounds plain nasty. Anyway, Shroud is in contention for the one free point I have now. I need some way of fighting without mage burning myself, and darkness seems like it would be it. Also, it would take my ring wraith impression to the next level. Just can't waste a point though. I don't want to gimp myself at 18 forever. If I pick the wrong thing, I might not be able to beat a higher level essence monster. I can't count on being carried for the next one. Defensive Auras. Tier 0. Cold Ward. 0 out of 10. Heat Ward. 0 out of 10. Tier 1. Dark Ward. 0 out of 10. Mental Ward. 0 out of 10. Arcane Ward. 0 out of 10. Chemical Ward. 0 out of 10. Light Ward. 0 out of 10. Tier 2. Force Ward. 10 out of 10. Tier 3. Suppression. 0 out of 10. Increase mana cost for all entities by 18.9 MP. Focus. Range 1.8 meters. Cost 1 MP per second. Requires at least one rank in an aura of each element. Tier 4. Locked. The wards are hard to pick between. My first candidate is Arcane Ward. That should help block all kinds of random stuff. It is hard to say what I'll go up against. But things like Velocity have got to fall under Arcane. Being able to block those kind of shenanigans is important. Suppression also sounds great. Mages would hate me. It's too bad that I can't take it yet. I need one rank in an aura of each element. It doesn't say defensive aura, though. So I'm a bit closer to that than it would appear. I've got Hot and Cold from Immolate and Refrigerate. Force from Force Ward plus arcane probably, all of the utility auras have to be arcane, unless they're untyped? Not sure if that's a thing. Bottom line is that I need mental, chemical, light, and dark. If I get dark from shroud and chemical from corrosion, that leaves light and mental to take from this tree. There's nothing in utility that would cover those. I'm thinking arcane word first to deal with magical bullshit, then mental ward, then light ward. The fourth point could then go to suppression if the auras from other trees count like I think they do. If they don't, then oh well, it wouldn't be like I could get suppression before 25 anyway. I can just spend the last point on another ward to make five. Next. Utility auras. Tier zero. Purify. 10 out of 10. Winter, 10 out of 10. Spring, 0 out of 10 plus. Summer, 0 out of 10 plus. Tier 1, Velocity, 10 out of 10. Detection, 10 out of 10. Energy Well, 0 out of 10. Life Well, 0 out of 10. Essence Well, 10 out of 10. Tier 2, Acuity, 0 out of 10. 18% boost to physical senses for all entities. Precision, 0 out of 10. 18% boost to physical precision for all entities. Tier 3. Empire of Brawn. 0 out of 10. Boost strength by 18 for all entities. Empire of Grit. 0 out of 10. Boost endurance by 18 for all entities. Empire of Will. 0 out of 10 plus. Boost focus by 18 for all entities. Tier 0. Locked. Already have five points in here, unfortunately. I want all of the things. This is the best tree out of everything. And not just because Purify is the best spell ever. Still, if I have one free point to play with, it could go here. Empire of Will sounds like the obvious choice at first, but it wouldn't actually help me directly. I can only use one aura at a time, and focus is kind of wasted on auras anyway.
If I'm in a party, it would let me boost all the other mages quite a bit though. That could be the key to getting past level 18. If I can't help myself kill a blue, I can help someone else help me do it. Thank you for helping us help you help us all. Portal is such a great game. Now I want cake. Damn it. Are there any other options in here? I could take Acuity. Hardly seems important at the moment. Unless I want to make cake taste even more amazing. What would boosting my senses that much even do? Would an Acuity Nova make everyone black out from the massive overload of sensation? Boosting everything by a thousand percent seems like a bad thing. Existence would be pain. Every breeze a hurricane. Every vibration a jackhammer to the skull. I can't work like that. Can I? Questions, questions. Spring and summer are options. Summer seems like it would be a decent choice. I have no way of healing myself without that. Still, it would be slow. I can just buy scrolls or something. Or always hang out with a real healer like Amelia. It's a good skill, but not last free point skill, maybe forever good. As he finished with the utility auras, he noticed that Amelia was back, so he paused to fill up a small pot with water and set it over the fire to boil. Tallhot was making the pan for Jameis, so it looked like breakfast would be soon. Getting the coffee ready seemed like a good idea. What's that for? Amelia asked as he placed the pan on the frame over the fire. I'm making coffee. Have you ever had it? Amelia shook her head. Can't say that I have. Isn't it expensive? Yep, Rain said. Three tell for this tiny packet. He pulled it out of a pocket to show her. Probably more. I think I got a really good deal. Still, there's barely enough for a cup or two. You're welcome to try some once it's ready. But we're going to have to split it four ways. There won't be much. Amelia shrugged. I'll try it. You've had it before? Every day for like 10 years. It was much cheaper where I come from. You could get a huge bag of beans for the equivalent of a few copper if you bought the cheap stuff. Well, if you say it's good, it must be good. It is, Rain said, smiling. It's a bit of an acquired taste for some, though. It's a bit bitter. Anyway, I'm working on sorting through all my skill options. Poke me or something when the water starts boiling. He tucked the packet back into his cloak. You want my opinion on anything? Amelia asked. Yeah, I'd like that, Rain said. I need to narrow it down first, though. I'll ask for everyone's input after breakfast. Then I'm going into the city to talk to Jameis' scholar friend. Amelia nodded. I'll see if there are any cups in the supplies. Rain smiled wistfully as he turned his attention back to his skills. Ha! I never thought I'd actually start to like camping. If my dad could see me now, I should tell them about the incident with the bear. That would make a good story to have over breakfast. Anyway, I should hurry up. The water will boil soon. Aura Metamagic is next. Aura Metamagic. Tier 0. Extend Aura 10 out of 10. Amplify Aura 10 out of 10. Tier 1. Aura Focus 10 out of 10. Aura Synergy, 10 out of 10. Tier 2, Aura IFF, 10 out of 10. Prismatic Intent, 0 out of 10. User may maintain two auras simultaneously. Tier 3, Aura Compression, 0 out of 10, plus. Compress Aura Output, reducing range to boost intensity. Tier 4, Locked. Nothing new, nothing hidden. Just the same old skill sitting there teasing me. Prismatic intent would change everything. The requirement of 15 auras is crazy. I've already got five skills in here, but I could save a point for it and get it right at 25. Do I want to do that though? I can't forget that I need to get past level 18 first. Aura compression would help quite a bit with that. If that 0.2 goes to 2% at rank 10, 
then that's a 200% boost to a Nova if I bring the range down. And for free, too. Problem is that it would kill me. I've only got one point for now. If I take compression, I'm stuck with immolate and refrigerate. If I take shroud, everything will be weaker. But I'll probably be able to use it freely. I guess it depends on how strong of a ring Tallheart can make me from the crown. If I can deal with the mage burn, then compression sounds like a great pick. As an aside, I need to figure out what my limit is in terms of equipment. The armor doesn't feel oppressive anymore, meaning I got used to it. But I can't just keep stacking enchantments forever. At some point, soul strain will kick in. The degree to which I can boost my stats is going to have a big impact on which skill is the best pick. Anyway, one more tree to look at. There's a new skill in there too. I've had days to think about suppression and discombobulate, but I only unlocked tier 3 magical utility last night. It looked good at a glance, but I was too tired to really think about it. Magical utility, tier 0. Intrinsic clarity, 10 out of 10. Intrinsic focus, 10 out of 10. Tier 1. Mana manipulation, 5 out of 10. Experience, 1,040 out of 2,200. Channel mastery, 10 out of 10. Overcharge, 0 out of 10 plus. Delay cost of an immediate spell to charge it with mana. Tier 2. Magical synergy, 10 out of 10. Tier 3. Mana sight, 0 out of 10. Passively perceive mana within the environment. Resolution is 10% of that of mundane optical sight. Activate to perceive mana within entities. Active cost, 10 MP per second. Compatible with other sensory skills at 10% resolution while activated. Requires 10 ranks in mana manipulation. Tier 4, locked. Again, I've already got 5 skills in here, but I could use my extra point on mana sight if I wanted to. It looks like it's going to be really useful in the future. Magical utility is right. The passive alone is great, but the active would let me guess how strong a mage is, just by looking at them. That's hard to pass up. It only requires 10 ranks in mana manipulation too, which shouldn't be hard. Huh? I wonder why it has such an easy requirement. All the other tier 3 skills are much steeper. Or did they? Now that I think about it, mana manipulation has a shitty XP ratio. Getting it to rank 10 would be stupidly difficult for anyone who isn't a dynamo. I'm betting lots of people take it to keep their equipment running, but very few people max it. There's no real need to. The base transfer rate is already plenty for any practical use I can think of. That means that mana sight is probably really rare. Only high-level mages would be able to unlock it after a lifetime of using mana manipulation. Cool. I'm totally getting that once I can spare a point. Not right now, though. So, what do I want to do? I think it's between Shroud and Aura Compression. It'll all depend on the equipment. If I can get to the point where I can use Immolate and Refrigerate freely without killing myself, then Compression is better. If not, Shroud all the way. I'll see what the others think. For now, water is boiling. He left the pot on the fire for the moment, as he needed to grind up the beans. Fortunately, he'd found a mortar and pestle last night with the supplies. Jameis had probably wanted it for grinding spices or something, but it would work well enough for coffee. He dumped the roasted beans out of their little packet onto the stone bowl and started smashing at them with the pestle. He managed to reduce them to a coarse powder though it took him longer than he'd anticipated. Is that what I think it is? Jameis said, walking over with his brand new pan and a sack of potatoes. Rain grinned. If you think it's coffee, then yes, it is. Hmm, fancy. I haven't had coffee in, wow, ten years, Jameis said. 
He set the pan near the fire and sat down to work on the potatoes. He started shredding them into a wooden bowl, using something that looked like a cheese grater. Wait, where'd you get that? Jameis laughed. You were right. Torhart is a metal wizard. Torhart and Amelia joined them around the fire, as Rain carefully removed the pot from the heat. He dumped out a little of the water, estimating how much he needed for the quantity of coffee that he had. Once he was satisfied, he dumped the grounds in and swelled them around. I wonder if the metal wizard can make a proper coffee pot. Coffee, Tallheart asked, breathing in deeply. Where did you find that? Rain shrugged. Some random guy in the market was selling it. You've had it before? Yes, Tallheart said. It grows in the southern tip of Belost. I had not expected to find it here. He watched as rain swelled the darkening water. You are doing that wrong. Rain rolled his eyes. Hey, cut me some slack. I'm working with limited tools here. Besides, I've got a plan. He waited for the coffee to brew, swirling it around occasionally. Amelia returned with ceramic mugs, setting them down on the ground nearby. Perfect. Thanks, Amelia, he nodded to her, then carefully poured the still-brewing coffee into the mugs, grounds and all. He only had enough to fill each one halfway. This smells interesting, Amelia said, picking up one of the cups and sniffing at it. How long do we have to wait? Rain shrugged. It's probably ready now. Might be a bit hot. Hang on one second. Time for a magic trick. He took a deep breath and concentrated. Coffee is supposed to be filtered, meaning that there shouldn't be any grounds in the mugs. Therefore, purify. The white light of the skill filled the clearing, swirling as it diffused through the liquid inside the mugs. He gave it a few seconds, then cancelled the skill. He picked up one of the mugs and peered into it. The grounds had disappeared. Jameis laughed. Well, I suppose that's one way to do it. He picked up one of the mugs. Now, if only I had some cream and sugar. Rain glared at him in mock outrage. We are no longer friends. Coffee is meant to be taken black, as nature intended. Too bitter, Jameis said, blowing on his mug. Still, I thank you. This is a nice treat. Tallheart picked up a mug and took a deliberate sip. He closed his eyes and smiled. Rain blinked. Wow, I think that's the happiest I've ever seen him. The coffee was worth every tell. He picked up his own mug, waiting for it to cool a bit. He wasn't about to risk his tongue, no matter how good it smelled. Amelia sniffed at hers curiously, then took a sip. She immediately made a face. She looked at him accusingly. Thanks, I hate it. Rain laughed. It grows on you. If I ever get any more, you can try it with some cream, I guess. I draw the line there, though. Adding sugar is just wrong. He took a tiny sip from his mug. Still too hot and a bit weak, but I'll take it. Oh, coffee, how I've missed you. He smiled looking around at the others. While we wait for the potatoes, let me tell you about the time my dad and I went camping. I was about eight years old. My mom was away for the week, so we decided... Rain and Jameis walked through the city, heading for the wealthier district. As they walked, Jameis filled him in on the man they were going to see. Apparently, Stavo wasn't just some scholar. He'd also been an adventurer for many years before retiring. He'd lost his foot to something called a dunch early on in his career and been unable to get it healed in time for it to regenerate. He'd been a swordsman, but the injury had forced him to change his plan. He'd switched to magic, coming up with a hybrid build that let him fight despite his hindered mobility. He'd never made it past Bronzeplate, however, the sacrifices that he'd had to make to change course like that 
had left him gimped in more than one way. He eventually retired, but not before becoming quite rich, even by the standards of the guild. According to Jambus, he was good with money, and even though he was weaker than other adventurers of his level, he made up for it with planning and patience. Nowadays, he was a bit of a recluse, living out of his tower and pursuing whatever topics caught his interest. Skills and builds were one of those topics, which made sense given his past. But he was also interested in many other things, such as history, politics, and nature. Jameis warned Rain that the man had a somewhat difficult personality. They briefly discussed how to handle the upcoming conversation, stopping when they arrived at Starvo's home. The scholar lived in a stone tower, situated near the wall of the city. It was four stories tall and looked out of place amid the upscale homes surrounding it. Given its position near the wall, Rain figured that it probably used to be something else, such as a guard tower. The top two floors peeked past the parapet of the wall, giving it what was probably a decent view of the surrounding area. Rain was unsure what to expect as Jameis knocked on the door. Prior to hearing about Starvo's past, he'd been anticipating him to be some sort of off-brand Deckard cane. Long bushy white beard, bald head, dusty robes stained with ink, the works. However, the description of a retired one-legged warrior-turned-mage had him thinking of a grisly old pirate with a peg-leg and a crossbow. It was a very bizarre image, completely at odds with how Jameis had described his personality. Rain had no idea how it had gotten stuck in his head. The door opened to Jameis's continued knocking, revealing that Rain's first guess had been closer, which wasn't surprising. Starvo was an older man, perhaps in his late 70s, judging by his face and his short white hair. Contrary to Rain's original expectations, he didn't have a beard. He was wearing a plain white tunic and dark breeches, not a stereotypical scholar robe from fantasy. Rain's eyes flicked down to his feet. Both of his boots looked normal. Whatever prosthetic the man had, it wasn't a crude peg-leg. Ah, my eyes. Jameis, don't you know it's too early in the morning to be wearing something that bright? The man said, grinning at the orange-clad mage. I always wear this starvo, Jameis said, smiling back. Don't remind me. Who's in the evil tin can? I thought you were bringing me a mage. He had an interesting accent. It sounded almost Scottish. Or maybe Irish? It was difficult for Rain to predict what that would sound like, given that they were speaking common and not English. His mental model of the man was only becoming more and more confused as time went on. Jameis gestured to Rain. Starvo, this is Rain. Rain? Starvo. Rain offered his hand to the man to shake, but he didn't take it. Instead, he looked him up and down, brazenly inspecting him from head to toe. Interesting. I've never seen armor like that before. And I've seen a lot of things. Wouldn't kill you to add some color, though. Just don't get carried away. He waved his hand in Jameis's direction, before finally grasping Rain's gauntlet and giving it a perfunctory shake. Starvo gave Jameis a flat look. This better be worth my time. You said you were bringing me someone interesting, not some plate mail wearing pillock. He abruptly turned around and walked back into his tower, leaving them standing on the doorstep. He called back at them from inside without turning around. Well, you might as well come in. Wipe your damned feet, meathead. Meathead? Should I be offended? Jameis chuckled. Don't say I didn't warn you. Anyway, don't mind him. He's always like that. Rain and Jameis followed Starvo into the ground floor of the tower. 
In contrast to the utilitarian exterior, the room was downright cosy. A fire burned in the hearth, and plush upholstered chairs surrounded a wooden table in the center of the room. The walls were decorated with colorful fabrics, some bearing intricate designs. Of the most interesting terrain were the numerous bookshelves, loaded down with books of all shapes and sizes. Starvo motioned to the chairs. Have a seat. Tea, Jemus. And for you, what do you drink? The blood of the innocent? Rain laughed and reached up to raise his visor. He hesitated, then decided to remove his helmet entirely. Just tea, he said, setting the helmet on the table. I'm much less evil than I look. Starvo grunted. Scroffy is what you are. Fine, make yourself at home. I'll just be a menace. Rain scratched at his stubbly chin. Starvo had a point. He hadn't been keeping up with shaving since he'd gotten his armor. His hair could also use a trim. He and Jameis sat in two of the chairs as Starvo walked to the hearth, retrieving a kettle. Jameis cleared his throat. You know you could hire a servant to do that for you. I know you can afford it. Bah! I don't want someone moving all my stuff, Starvo said as he poured tea into three cups. It looked like it had already been brewing in the kettle. He placed them on a tray and made his way back over to the table. He didn't appear to be having any trouble despite his age and the fact that he was supposedly missing a foot. He dropped himself into a chair, then pushed the tray over towards Rain and Jameis. There, tea. Niceties dealt with. Let's get right into it, shall we? Jameis laughed. Straight to the point as always, Starvo. Very well. He reached out and grabbed a cup of tea. Rain left his where it was to cool for the moment. Jameis nodded at Rain. So Rain here likes to ask questions. Full disclosure, I have a little bet going with a friend of mine about which one of you runs screaming from the room first. Care to know who I bet on? Bah, Starvo said. He turned his attention to Rain. So, questions, huh? Well, I've got some of those too. First, are you a mage or aren't you? Rain cleared his throat. I'm a mage. Then what's with the armor? It keeps me safe, and it doesn't mess with my spells. I'm kind of squishy. Squishy? Starvo asked. Jameis leaned forward. There's another thing about Rain. He sometimes uses some really strange expressions. It's because he only started learning common about a month ago. Mostly from that book I borrowed from you, in fact. Starvo grinned. Ah, now I'm getting interested. I wanted that book back, by the way. What are you, a dynamo? Some sort of equipment user spec. What's the transfer rate on that armor? No, that can't be it. Body enhancement. Something that doesn't require targeting. Auras, maybe. Wow, he jumped straight to it. He's got to have all the skill trees memorized, just like I do. He nodded, digging around in his pouch to retrieve Starvo's book. Yes, dynamo. And I use auras. He set the book on the table. Starvo raised an eyebrow, not even glancing at the book. Did your mother drop you on your head as a kid or something? Jameis snorted, choking on his tea. Rain blinked. Ouch! And no, she didn't, thank you. Starvo grinned. Fine, fine, I'll admit. It isn't the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Dynamo would be pretty much the only way to make those damn skills useful. The offensive ones, anyway. The utility ones are actually not bad. But everyone's all, oh no, I don't want to be a support. Idiots. One support skill doesn't make you any less of a fighter. Rain smiled. I think I like this guy. What level are you, boy? Starvo asked. Starvo? Rude, Jameis said. Like I care, Starvo said. Well, out with it. Rain shrugged. <laughs>
I don't really care either. The watch already knows approximately how strong I am. The cat's already out of the bag. 18. Starvo whistled. Lucky blow, or are you some nobles get? The first one, Rain said. Here goes. I hope this plan doesn't backfire on me. I'm not exactly from around here. I was teleported. I woke up in the forest about a day west of the city and got saved by some passing adventurers. There was an essence monster after me. Jameis says the teleportation attracted it. They killed it. I got some of the credit and, well, now I'm here. Starvo's eyes locked on him with interest as he sat forward. Teleported. To the forest? Without a receiving platform? From far enough away that you didn't even speak common? I take it that this was against your will? Rain nodded. Yes, against my will. Well, without my knowledge might be more accurate. Fascinating. I can count the number of people who could do something like that on one hand. Where are you from, boy? Some secret enclave of legendary mages? Rain shook his head. He took a deep breath. Time to set the hook. There is no magic where I'm from. Oh shit, Starvo said. I believe him, Starvo, Jameis said. The stories he's told. He looked at Rain and chuckled. Well, the stories he's tried to tell anyway, where he comes from is very different. He's a bit crap at explaining, though. Tell me, Starvo said, staring at Rain, his tea forgotten. Got him. No, Rain said, smiling at the look of indignation on Starvo's face. He held up a hand to forestall his response. I'll tell you all about it, but first, I have some questions of my own. Starvo narrowed his eyes and looked at Jameis. This was your plan, he said accusingly. Jameis laughed. I'm innocent. This little plan was Rain's idea. All I told him was that you tend to get hyper-focused on anything that catches your attention and that you don't care about what other people want. Am I wrong? Starvo glared at Jameis. Suddenly his affronted expression broke as if it had never been. He smiled and sat back with a laugh. Ha! Fine. I know when I've been outplayed. Ask what you want to ask. Mm, let's say fifteen minutes. Then it's my turn. Rain stuck out his hand. Deal. Starvo grasped it and shook it much more enthusiastically than he had last time. He turned to Jameis. Go get me my hourglass. It's on my desk upstairs. Wow, Jameis said, standing up. You're taking this seriously. Don't start without me. I don't want to miss this. To the depths with that, Starvo said. His time started a minute ago. Rain smiled as Jameis hurried toward the stairs. I guess I'd better get started then. Okay, here's the rules. I ask, you answer. You can ask me questions about the topic at hand, but I can ignore you if I want to. I'll only answer if I think the discussion will help me understand. I want to stay on topic, so anything that is only about your own curiosity will have to wait for your turn. Stavo chuckled. Fine, agreed. Jameis, where did you find this guy? He's got some spirit in him. Even if he does look like a tiny mouse under that armor. Talking to me like that in my own living room. Jameis didn't respond. The hem of his robe disappearing through the opening to the second floor. Why does everyone think I look like a mouse? He cleared his throat. Okay, first question. We were already talking about this a little bit, so I'll start here. Why don't more people pick Dynamo? Really? And I was just starting to think you were clever. That should be obvious. Humor me. Starvo shrugged. It's your time. People don't pick it because it's a dead end. Either you get to level five and stop investing in clarity, or you stick it out and end up weaker than a kitten by the time you get to silver. In the first case, you hamstring yourself when it comes time to pick a class advancement, and in the second, you won't even get there. That matches up with what I know so far. Okay, how weak is weak? 
What kind of things can another level 18 mage do that I can't? I have no idea what you can do, said Starver. As for other mages, Jameis should be around that level. Idiot won't tell me the damn number. No, I won't, said Jameis, descending the stairs hourglass in hand. He strode back to the table and set it down, plopping into his chair. Rain sipped at his tea as Starvo upended the hourglass. The old man pointed at a line. When the sand gets to here, that's ten minutes. You've already used five. Then it's my turn. Jameis picked up his tea and settled back into his plush chair. Rain nodded, not wanting to make an issue about the fact that Starvo was blatantly overestimating the time. He'd pushed him enough. Okay, I need to get an idea of the relative strength of various people. The watch says I'm category three. Is that... Rain cut his question off as Jameis started choking on his tea again. I was going to ask if that was normal for someone of my level, but I think Jameis just gave me the answer. Really? With orders? Starvo said, leaning forward. How? Rain smiled. I'm not answering that yet. How strong is an average bronze plate at my level? Starvo grumbled under his breath. That was too low for Rain to make out. He answered grudgingly. Category two, usually, unless they really mess themselves up. Category three isn't unheard of, but it isn't exactly common. The fact that Auras are AOE is probably helping you quite a bit. At least if your goal is to have the watch breathing down your neck. And monsters? At category 3, do I have any hope of defeating something at, say, level 25? Not bloody likely, Starvo said. If you were a category 3 striker, then maybe. But AOE, I doubt it. Monsters are stronger than humans as a rule. You'd probably have trouble with something even at your own level, for all that the watch calls you a threat. How much stronger? Rain asked, glancing at the hourglass. He still had time. Depends on the monster as much as the human, Starvo said. You do fine against the swarm type, I suppose. Kin or something. Not likely you'd find a blue like that, though. They're usually the big ones. Like I said, Dynamo's a dead end. What good is slaughtering thousands of kin if you can never raise your cap? Jameis tapped his foot, considering. I don't know, Starvo. I think the mountains of Tell and the adoration of the populace might go a long way. Good point, Seamus. Rain looked back at Starvo. In general, though, monsters are stronger than humans? Yes, Starvo said. I'm not sure I buy that. Maybe they're only stronger because people aren't properly optimizing themselves. Maybe monster strength tracks the best possible progression. Legendary classes and so forth. Is that all the questions you had? Starvo said, nodding to the hourglass. Time's almost up. Rain smiled. I'm in no hurry. I'll get another turn once you're done. I'll stay here as long as it takes. Jameis laughed. I warned you, Starvo. I told you he was your equal when it came to curiosity. Rain cut in, interrupting Starvo's response. He wanted to get the rest of his questions about Dynamo out of the way before the break, at least. Back to Dynamos. People don't take the class because they think it's weak. Sure, I buy that. I don't agree with it, but I'll buy it. Tell me about the other monoliths. Same story there? Too weak? Yes and no, Starvo said. Animus and Fortifico have the opposite problem. They're too strong. They tear themselves apart. Just to confirm. Animus is focus, and Fortifico is strength. Stavo nodded. Okay, they tear themselves apart. How? Soul strain? Stavo shook his head. Not as such. It's more basic than that. If you've got too much strength without enough endurance, you'll hurt yourself every time you so much as lift a finger. A Fortifico has tons of health, sure, but it's soft. It counts for nothing if you lose a few hundred HP, Every time you get up to go to the bathroom, and without recovery, you'll never get better. A Fortifico is good for sudden, massive bursts of strength, and more often than not, they'll kill themselves in the process. 
practically nobody takes it outside of the empire of adamant. Outside of the empire? No, I'll come back to that. I have a bunch of questions about them for later. What about animus? Why don't people take that one? Same reason? Yes, Stavo said. It's slightly more common, but still rare. Not enough clarity means massive headaches. If it gets bad enough, you start blacking out any time you so much as think about using mana. By the time an animus gets up to your level, they're completely useless unless they've either given up and put points in clarity or gotten themselves a bunch of equipment and accolades. It's more doable than fortifical, since it's only one stat they need to worry about. But then there's still the health problem. One good whack and they're done. Again, outside of the Empire, you don't really see it. Damn it, now I really want to ask about the Empire. They use the monoliths for something? He shook his head. He had to stay on topic. What about the Endurance monolith? What's that called? Tortugo. It's where the term turtle comes from. No issues with hurting yourself, but no real way to do damage either. There's probably other side effects, but I don't know them. It's even less common than the other two. Not even the Empire bothers with it. Rain nodded. Vivificant is recovery. I've met one of those, so I think I see why it isn't exactly popular. Looks painful. Any other reason people don't take it? They could wear armor, just like I do. Seems like the lack of a deep health pool is a solvable problem. Stavo shrugged. More people take it than Fortifico. They think they can deal with the pain and outlast their opponents. They're usually wrong. But there you have it. It isn't as good as Dynamo in my opinion. Yet more people take it because it lets them wear metal. Rain opened his mouth to respond, but Stavo raised a hand to stop him. You think you're cute with your auras, but imagine what you could do if you had some real attack spells. You're clearly not from around here, but you must have heard of Endless, no? She's the reason idiots like you take Dynamo in the first place. Just because she managed to survive past bronze doesn't mean you will. You're either going to get stuck or killed. All the recovery monoliths have that problem. No health and no damage, and that's your time. Rain looked at the hourglass. The sand was indeed above the line. He sighed. At least let me finish with the monoliths. There's one left. Nope, Stavo said. My turn. I'll give you a grace period too, Rain said. Within reason. Jameis laughed. Come on, Stavo, Yuma him. Fine, Stavo said. The last one is Dustrio, and it's not as good as it sounds. Weakest of the lot. At least Tortugos are decent in a party as a damage sponge. Dustrios are a waste of space. And why's that? Rain asked. You know how when you work too hard or for too long you get sore? Stavo asked. Rain nodded. Well, imagine how you'd feel after running for three days straight. Having pathetic health regen means that they're pretty much always in pain. You've got to keep healing them to stop them from falling apart. Add that to the lack of damage and, well, <laughs> there you have it. Useless. Wow, that sounds pretty awful. Talk about cursed with awesome. Being able to run for days sounds great, but yeah, no. No thanks. I think I really dodged a bullet here. Dynamo sounds like it's the only one that's viable. He shook his head, seeing that Stavo was staring at him impatiently. Okay, so to sum it up, Dynamo is the only monolithic class that is any good. Did I say that? Stavo said, turning to Jameis. Jameis shrugged. Stavo sighed. Fine, I'll admit. It's the least bad, followed by Vivificant. It's still pretty damn awful, though. No damage, no defense, no endurance. Just buckets of mana. Fine, 
if you want to charge a teleportation platform for living. But for an adventurer? Pah! Stupidity. The overmana's not worth it. I disagree. I learned an entire language in less than a month. Plus, Tallheart's making me a ring right now that will solve a lot of my problems. No point defending my choice right now, though. He sighed. Okay, your turn. Fucking finally, Stavo said, flipping over the hourglass. I've got until this runs out, then five more minutes besides. Jameis laughed. I knew that this was going to be a good show. Quiet you, Stavo said. He turned back to Rain. What in the name of all the hells and the bottomless depths do you mean when you say there's no magic where you're from? Jameis tossed aside a pistachio shell and chewed happily, his neck swiveling back and forth between Rain and Stavo as they exchanged questions. The hourglass had long since run empty and been forgotten. All pretense of sticking to the time limits had gone out the window barely an hour into their discussion. Jameis had ducked out a few hours after that, only just returning with his snack in hand. He cracked open another pistachio, and tossed the nut into his mouth, listening as the two argued. Pistachios were truly the best food for watching such things, even if they were almost as expensive as coffee. He briefly considered offering some to the two combatants, but decided against it. They probably hadn't even noticed that he'd returned. Hells, he didn't even know if Rain would recognize them. The nuts were rare, there was no telling if they'd had them on his world. He tossed away another shell as Starvo slammed his hand down on the table. What does that mean? Moves forward by pushing air out the back? You didn't answer my question, Rain said, staring back at him. Remember the rule. Fine, 42. Now explain how pushing air lets you fly without magic. Rain sighed. I explained Newton's laws to you already. You push air out the back of the engine, and it pushes the plane forward. It's basic physics. You should know how it works. You drew like 50 birds in that book of yours. How could flight be such a mystery? Next question. How do you know lair hearts aren't alive? Stavar grumbled. It's been proven time and again. They can't learn, they can't grow, they can't reproduce. Not alive. What stops it from just falling down? The plane? Lift. Air pushes the wings up and keeps it going. As long as it's moving fast enough? Seriously, it's the same as birds. Why is this so difficult for you? Stavo pounded his hand on the table. Birds can fly because they're light. They're built to do it. Just like fish are built to breathe water. Humans can't fly without magic. That is a fact. We're too heavy. And these planes of yours are even more preposterous if they're made of metal like you're saying. It's a simple matter of weight ratios. Why are you laughing? Monty Python, Rain said. Jameis grinned. He'd have to ask Rain about this Monty Python person one day. It wasn't the first time it had come up. Starvo just looked confused. What? Never mind, it's my turn. How common are lairs? How often do they spawn? Rare and not often. How fast is fast enough? That wasn't an answer. Fine, damn you! There's probably a few hundred managed lairs on the continent. The Empire and the DKE don't exactly publish their numbers. And how often do new ones spawn? That was two questions. You need to answer mine before I answer yours. Don't think I don't see what you're doing. Trying to ask two at once. Rain sighed. It varies based on the size of the plane. Hundreds of kilometers an hour. What the heck's a kilometer? What the heck is a stride? Damn you! Just answer the damn question! You first. Jameis struggled with a particularly difficult pistachio. He hated the ones that refused to open. He debated whether it was worth getting up to get something to smash it. Starvo sat back, running his hands through his hair. 
damn it, whatever. Enough about your flying machines. Tell me about electricity again. How do you get it? No, you still haven't answered my question. How often do lairs spawn? A few dozen a month, happy? No, a few dozen a month in what area? On the continent? On the planet? On the continent. On the surface, anyway. It's not like there's many people willing to search the depths. It's dangerous down there. Now, the electricity. We make it in power plants. They burn coal and other stuff to make steam. Then that turns a generator. That's like an engine, but in reverse. That makes the electricity. Then we send it down metal wires to where it needs to go. How does the generator make it? I don't know, magnets? Stavo shook his head. That's not helpful. I don't even know what that word means. What's a, a magnet? Rain considered. You must have them. I just don't know the words. They're like really clingy rocks. Don't you start with that again. You have the strangest descriptions for things I've ever heard. I still don't believe you about the cat snakes. Ferrets. And why are we even talking about them again? For that matter, how did we even get there in the first place? It isn't a real animal and you know it. Neither is a lago then. You've seen a lago. You said it yourself. For all I know, you're making up these ferrets up completely. Jameis smiled and ate another pistachio. You couldn't pay for this kind of entertainment.